The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of Audlin Brown, BD Developments, Stem Cell Technologies, and listeners like you. The logic of being unreasonable sounds like an oxymoron, says Bob Stamness. Unless, of course, you know exactly why you are being unreasonable, he continues. According to the Oxford Dictionary, logic is reasoning conducted or assessed according to strict principles of validity. Stamnus says unreasonable logic is when you still stick to the facts and make sensible conclusions where others lead to emotionally safe decisions. Reasonable people will always come up with reasons why new or different approaches can't be done because after all, no one else has done it that way. Those people, Stamnus continues, says, are doomed to live in an age of the average. Stamnus says to lift yourself out of the age of the average and become unreasonable, you need to commit to being creative, funny, seductive, outrageous or outraged. And Stamina says you also need to reshape your thinking by changing what's cool, what's normal, and change what people aspire to do. I invited Bob Stamness to join me for a conversation that matters about navigating your way through the maze of life in unconventional ways. Bob, this idea of being unreasonable seems unreasonable. <laughs> Where did you start to hit on this logic? And then let's talk about how it has brought benefits to you in your life and also in your work. Sure. Um, you know, um, I've been in the marketing communications uh, industry for, for a long time. And if there's one thing that we see more than, than anything else, if you, if you think about it, what, what, what is it that we've been exposed to? Um, more than film, more than television, more than books, uh, it's, it's advertising. <laughs> you know, we, we've seen, we've grown, all of us have grown up with that, you know, surrounded our, our entire lives. We're bombarded by it. Bombarded by it. Yeah. And to the point where uh, people have a very, uh, they have an incredible internal barometer uh, and, and a measurement of what resonates and what doesn't, what they like and what they don't like, what appeals to them and what doesn't appeal to them. And yet, <laughs> we live in this age and in this world and have for a long time where so much of it is the same. So as it relates you know, to, to, to kind of my world and, and, and my industry, um, myself and others have for years recognized for a long time really ever since advertising was, was created, that there is a need to stand out, to be different, to differentiate. Um, and, and today, you know, more than ever, given the volume uh, and, and, uh, of, of the messaging that, that kind of comes at us. So um, the, the, people will come to me and they'll say, you know, I think I'd be really good at advertising and doing what you do. And, 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 and at branding, and I say, you know what? You're, you're right. You probably would be. And they'll give me an idea or they'll give me a, you know, a concept of something they've been working on. And it's because they know what they don't like. And really what they don't like is lives in that age of average. So that's really where it, 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 it came to me uh, to 
to, to create um, a, a business and work for clients uh, that is, you know, un unconventional and unreasonable. You've given a talk about this. Yes. And it's quite fascinating. But what I found interesting is, uh, as a starting point, you talked about how you built your business and then faced catastrophe and still took this same unreasonable response to dealing with what looked like an insurmountable problem. Yeah. Share that story. Yeah. Um, so I, I started my business uh, back in 1989, no money, no clients. Uh, my parents, who were um, less than middle class, uh, lent me $25,000. My grandmother just passed away, so they had a little bit of money. Um, myself and my ex-business partner had to present a portfolio to them and show them our work. <laughs> and so they, they believed in us. And, and away we went. We started out of a condo in False Creek. And, you know, I built up my business over 10 years and, and working with some uh, incredible brands, uh, you know, Molson's and uh, Van City and the Vancouver Canucks, Whistler Blackcomb. So um, launched ethical funds in Canada. So, so we um, became very successful in, in a relatively short period of time, uh, Boston Pizza. Um, and then through a series of circumstances, uh, some, uh, many of which were, you know, out of my control, uh, my company in a very short period of time, uh, within a three-month period, uh, found itself uh, $2 million in debt. Mm. I had my house up uh, against our line of credit. My parents had their house up on, uh, uh, on my line of credit. So, you know, as I joked, that was going to be a very bad uh, family Christmas dinner. Um, if I had to break the news to my parents, they were going to lose their house and I was going to lose uh, my house. So... Uh, the advice I had was, you know, Bob, you got to declare bankruptcy. You know, you, this, you have no options. And I think what drove me to not go that route, um, if it was just me, maybe that would have been okay. Um, but it was my parents. And my parents um, were really and truly the initial investors and the founders, co-founders of my business. And I just couldn't allow that to happen. So it forced me to think... Uh, outside of the box. Uh, it forced me to think, okay, how, um, you know, how am I going to deal with this? And, you know, there's a, a famous Star Trek episode where, you know, Captain Kirk um, is uh, given a test that no other Starfleet officer has passed. Right. And he passed it. Yeah. And why did he pass it? Because he changed the rules. He was able to change the rules. He was able now, to Spock change. Spock said he cheated. But... He cheated, but 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 he cheated. But he changed the rules. So so I I you know being a, a Trekkie, I thought this is how I'm gonna I need to think about this. I'm going I'm going to change the way we we approach this, and so um, I didn't pay play fast and loose with my clients' money, and you know major clients at the time, uh, you know Toyota, um, but I went to the people that I owed money to. And I put together really unique, bespoke promotional campaigns uh, that intrigued them to the point where they said, look, we'll run that campaign. We'll go with you on this, um, given the fact that, uh, A, we're getting some benefit out of it financially, and B, we really see the value in, in what you put together in terms of a, of a partnership. Um, so... Over it, it wasn't easy. You know, it took me uh, it took me two years. I thought, 
it was going to take me, you know, three months and suppliers played chicken with me and they threatened to go to my clients. But, you know, for the most part, uh, they played and I was able uh, to, to uh, you know, get out of debt, the $2 million that I, that I owed. Um, and, uh, and that, for me, was um, transformational. And it was seminal in my career at proving to myself uh, that by being creative, by being unreasonable in terms of my approach um, to how typically we might have uh, constructed or developed campaigns, um, that that would you know, ultimately not only save my company, but coming out of the ashes uh, form the foundation of, of a company to this day that, that has um, wonderful clients and, and staff and, and does really good work. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of Audlin Brown, BD Developments, Stem Cell Technologies, and listeners like you. So two elements in uh, your telling of that story is one is the amount of hard work mm. that was involved in yeah. working your way through a new approach, but also the courage to do it. Mm. Uh, are these uh, important elements when you say, okay, I'm willing to be unreasonable, let's go, uh, because it's just going to produce results. You know, you're putting yourself creatively out there on the edge, you're putting yourself financially, you're putting other people yes. uh, at risk. Uh, how important is it to have that courage? Um, it, 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 is, it is incredibly uh, important. Um, you know, I, I had someone early in my business life, uh, and this is when I'm riding high, winning awards, doing great. And it was a Toyota dealer. Uh, and he said to me, Bob, you've done nothing with your business life. I said, what are you talking about? He said, awards and these clients, and, you know, feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> and he said, no, you haven't done anything because you haven't failed. And I didn't, I didn't understand what he meant by that at the time, but shortly thereafter, <laughs> I absolutely understood what he meant. But uh, so, you know, I have a belief that it is not how we uh, conduct ourselves when we're doing well. It's how we uh, react and go forward when times are not good. Mm -hmm. we, we, and, and through the process of failure, I learned a lot about other people. And I learned a lot about myself. And one of the things that came out of it was um, when I started early on in the process uh, of going to suppliers, and these are major media companies in Canada asking for forgiveness. And I'm in Toronto and I'm talking to, um, you know, they'll go unnamed in terms of some of the folks I spoke with. And, and, and it was a slap on the back and Bob, don't worry, you know, we've got you. And then I get back to Vancouver and there's a letter there sitting from their legal team demanding payment. So what I learned was, uh, and, I, and I coined this phrase, um, it must exist another, in another form somewhere. Um, beware of the agreeable man. Beware of someone who uh, is, is seemingly too willing uh, at the outset. Uh, and I learned to actually, and I worked with, um, there was a guy who was a sales manager at, at Rogers, and I told him, 
my story. I thought he was going to throw me out the window. He said, absolutely not. Unacceptable. We are not forgiving this <laughs> debt that you have to us. And so I went back and I worked with them and we managed to, 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 to work something out. So, so it, does, it does take uh, courage, but I also think it takes um, a level of experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And none of us know, there is no school, at, there, there's nothing at Harvard no. that teaches you about failure. And yet it is such an unbelievable teacher uh, in terms of you know, what, uh, how, how we learn. And then I think, chart what our career life looks like going forward. In those moments when you're watching your world unravel and there's all these people nattering at you, blah, 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 blah. I, keep, I always think about Rudyard Kipling's uh, poem, If. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming you, uh, it feels that way. <laughs> and, and in many ways, they are blaming you. But it's about yes. the ability to say, no, 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 I'm not giving up on myself. Uh, it, and then it, you move forward. It, exactly. And I, and I also think it has to do with, um, you know, quite frankly, um, I, I think there's some ego involved here in the sense that, um, you know, you don't want to um, let people down who work with you or, or are part of your organization or your partners or your suppliers. So I, I think that's a good motivator. Um, and, and, you know, I think part of it is principles and ethics <laughs> and yes. just doing, simply doing the right thing and, and, uh, and, and how important, you know, that, that is in one's life. So. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of Audlin Brown, BD Developments, Stem Cell Technologies, and listeners like you. Where did you come up with the idea of living in the age of the average? I like that as well. Well, look, I, I, uh, uh, you know, we're 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 surrounded by by average, um, and it is so ubiquitous. If you look at mm -hmm. um, you, going from Look at every every major city in the world, uh, and how they've become homogenized. Um, architecture, um, with you know exceptions, of course, exceptions to all of this. Um, you know, automobiles, um, you know, household goods <laughs> and appliances, um, and and yet, what is it that we're? What is it that takes us back? What is it that engages us? What is it that people comment about? It is the things that are not those things. It is the things outside of the age of average. And so if we, um, it, talking in the business context and the brand context, you know, if you uh, need to stand out and everyone does need to stand out, um, you know, even Apple, even Tesla, even Microsoft, you go back to those early days, um, you look at what Steve Jobs did, they were not a common company, Apple, when they were launched. Today, you know, they're part of, you know, the fabric of our lives. But, but they were unreasonable in, in their stories and in their approach. And yet the problem today is, you know, we live in a very disposable society. And we want solutions yesterday. Mm -hmm. We want results yesterday. Um, and, and, and I see this with entrepreneurs. I see this with business people. Um, they want to, you know, kind of uh, short circuit or get, 
get to where they want to get to as quickly as possible. But, you know, in order to do that, we need to be creative in our thinking and our approach to get there. And, you know, you look at Apple and you look at Tesla and you look at lots of other examples. They may be there today, but that's not where they started. And they started by being unreasonable. They were unreasonable brands. They were disruptors in their categories. Uh, they were willing, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, say what you will about Elon Musk. They laughed at him uh, when he first introduced, uh, you know, the, the concept of, of uh, electric vehicles. And many, many, many in the automotive industry uh, predicted his downfall. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that, you know, the one thing I see in, in working with a lot of uh, young brands and a lot of, you know, young entrepreneurs is to not fall into a conventional way of thinking and to always be thinking uh, about uh, what not living in the age of average looks like. So if the rest of my category is this, what am I? Not gratuitously, like not to gratuitously because, I, and, and again, it's a bit of a danger. Mm -hmm. Let's just go out and 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 kind of be unreasonable and 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 do things for the sake of doing them. Yeah. There needs you to be, be some, cavalier about this. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So there needs to be some some thought and some rigor in and around. You know, as I like to talk about, um, making creative part of your operating system, making creativity. Um, you know, ha having a line item on your on your your P and L that says creativity. Now, what does that mean? And people, you know, in 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 our in in have this notion that being unreasonable, um, well, that I can't do that because that would cost me too much money. I can't afford a, a digital campaign or I can't afford an outdoor billboard or I, I can't afford to. No, being unreasonable has to start with um, how you're going to position yourself mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and what the value of that means. Um, and it could simply be uh, replicated in somewhere like your email signature or your website or you know how you're choosing to one-on-one -on -one communicate with people. Um, isn't it interesting how uh, in the age of average we're so used to communicating via email? How delightful is it for anyone and perhaps more of our generation to receive a handwritten note? <laughs> to receive you know something that is so personalized. You know, that is no longer average. The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of Audlin Brown, BD Developments, Stem Cell Technologies, and listeners like you. How importantly, you talk about creativity, and I think that this is, is at the key of what we're talking about. How important is it to continually go around wondering, well, what if I did it this way? Or what if that, like, is the question, what if, essential in opening up a creative mindset? A hundred percent. So um, part of my job, my, my job involves at, at its heart being curious. If you want to succeed, I believe, in life and in business, Remain curious. Um, and by remaining curious and by being curious and asking questions, um, you know, this is um, a path, I think, uh, part of the path towards success. There was an article uh, 
in Inc. Magazine a number of years ago. And the, the title of the article was uh, The Three Most Powerful Words in Business. And the three most powerful words in business are I don't know. And, and, what, and it's in the context of um, not pretending that you know the answer. You know, I am not interested if I talk to someone about a job or an opportunity. Um, I'm kind of less interested in them telling me what they know. I'm actually more interested in seeing and understanding whether or not they're interested in what they don't know. And so by virtue of being curious in, in business and the what if uh, is absolutely uh, essential towards ultimately being creative. Uh, because, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, there's many businesses that have a real sense of where they want to go, what they want to do, and what that needs to look like. Um, where those businesses start to fail is accepting that once that journey started. You constantly need to be asking yourself the questions. And, and surrounding yourself uh, with, with a people uh, who you can ask, uh, wh you know, what do you think? What, what, how did that feel to you? What did that, what did that look like? So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the what if is, 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 is mandatory. I also found it interesting in your sort of uh, principles around being unreasonable. You said, be funny. Why is it so important to be funny? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, humor is, is the great equalizer. You know, it is, it is the one thing that uh, no one has... Uh, kind of, uh, you know, their own constituency in and around. I mean, humor is, is uh, everyone loves funny. <laughs> Some like different funny. Uh, you know, I, I, my daughter and I went to see the, the new Barbie movie and, uh, and it was the first time in a long time I heard an entire audience laughing. You know, man, if you can get there. Um, and then it also, humor, uh, from a marketing standpoint, from a branding standpoint, um, reduces the barriers, uh, creates uh, more of an empathy with the viewer or the listener um, because now they're relaxed and enjoying themselves as opposed to um, right now for a limited time only, 10% off, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I think humor is, is, uh, is something that is just so universal um, now, um, you know, as lots of comedians would say, funny's hard. <laughs> funny's not easy. It's so, a lot of work. <laughs> so it's, 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 um, and, and funny not done well can be disastrous. And uh, George how, Carlin had that great line. He says, either you're up here killing them or you're dying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so, but, 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 but that said, uh, I think, um, and, and particularly, um, in the times we're living in with the, you know, all of the anxiety and the news and, and, and what we're seeing and, and kind of faced with, uh, I think humor uh, is a nice, is a nice deviation of that. Well, you make being unreasonable sound like a very reasonable choice. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you for listening. And please visit conversationsthatmatter.ca and become a subscriber. And thank you to Audlin Brown, BD Developments, and Stem Cell Technologies for their support.